Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. And we're going to continue in the book of Acts tonight. I think we're up to chapter 7. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. Amen. Thank you again, as usual. I'm having a wonderful time in the Lord because I'm still here. As I don't know if all the rest of the people that knew about this, but about uh, less than a month ago, I had a stroke. And when I had that stroke, I ended up uh, supposed to be in the hospital within three hours. I didn't know I was having a stroke, so I didn't go. And I didn't go to the hospital until eight hours later, and they would tell me that I should have been dead or permanently disfigured. And so as I was going through the test and everything, they don't give you no water. Anybody who's been through a stroke, you know, that's a terrible thing to go through because your your, uh, speech is slurred. You're dripping out of your mouth. You have no strength in one side or the other part of your body. And uh, and they said, well, listen, you should have been here by now. This might be a permanent thing. I didn't say anything. And after you go through all the tests and everything, they don't give you no water, no food, no nothing. You had to go to the MRI and all this other stuff. And once I got through with that, they discovered that I had uh, some lesions in my brain. Now they're trying to decide what they want to do. But the Lord spoke to me. That's that's the difference between living with a a real God and living with things in your mind, trying to make a God. Either God is real or he's not. If he's real, then his word is real. And if you believe what the word says, you can activate those things in your life. That's why I was also going to talk about activating the scriptures. So anyway, as I was sitting in there, the Lord spoke to me and said to say, I will live and not die and declare the works of God. And so once I heard him say it, I said, okay, I said I will live and not die and I'll declare the works of God. Then it was like all of a sudden time just stopped, just completely stopped. And then I said, Lord, Wait for me to come home, I'm ready to go home. If you want me to stay here and preach, then I will stay here and preach. But whatever you want, I said, I'm willing to do that. All of a sudden, my energy level came straight back to me. Everything that was taken from me was repaired within less than five minutes. When I went in to, to, to be consulted with the doctors, I said, listen, I've been instantly healed. And they looked at me like you're crazy. First of all, you didn't come in here when you're supposed to. Now you're talking about being healed. I said, let me talk to you. I said, I'm talking to you, and my voice is not slurry. I said, A, B, C, D, E, F, D, you can hear me. I can see you. And he said, well, I can prove that you still have the I said, do what you want. He said, smile at me. Well, when you smile, that's when they look at your face. My face was perfectly healed. He said, well, squeeze my fingers. I squeezed the string. I said, I don't want to do this because I could hurt you. He said, you ain't got enough time. I started squeezing, but I didn't hurt him. I didn't want to. Then he told me to move my feet. Everything he told me to do, I was able to do it. I had 100% of my strength back already. But see, that's the difference between living and knowing that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him versus I hope God's going to do this. I hope there is a God. I hope that I, I, I believe what's right. 
But it's better to be like that man and his son when he said, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. You can have faith, and you can also have doubt at the same time. But like this one great teacher here, he used to say, feed your faith and starve your doubt. That was Lester Summerall. And that was one of the things that helped me with my ministry is listening to what other men and other women taught about the scriptures. And then God will start revealing himself to you. And the scriptures will start being activated when you start to understand that he really is an invisible God, but he's standing right there trying to help you, that he's closer to you than your own breath in your mouth. So let's start off with, uh, as I said, we're in the book of Acts. We're going to be in the seventh chapter tonight, starting with the first verse. Acts, the seventh chapter, starting with the first verse. Activating the scriptures. When you start looking at the scriptures and start having knowledge of what the scriptures says, that they're not dead words on a dead page, but they are activated to change things in our life. Like one of the things we're going to do now, I'm going to pray. And prayer is not just saying something out there in the, in the world and hope something happens, but you pray with specific things in your mind. You concentrate. I'm trying to get you to activate the scriptures. Let us close about our heads here. Gracious and wonderful Father who supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, the one who is king of the universe. He is the one who brought nothing, nothing, and put something into nothing. He called things forth that was not there that they would be there. And anything that he needed, he spoke it forth. Then he created us and made us in his image and his likeness. And he said the same thing, that we would do the same things that he wanted to do because he wanted us to be just like him. And because of that, he created the heavens and the earth, and he created the beings to be in these heavens and earth, and he expected those beings to obey his word. And his word is true. His son is his word. Everything was created by the word, and the word is called scripture, or the word, or uh, is in Hebrew, is, uh, it was called Tal. You know, people always want to complain. What is Jesus' real name? His name is anything Jesus wanted to be. But most of the time, if we dig deep, we'll find out it means Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and Tal. Aleph means the head. Tal means the cross. But with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different words at the same time. But if you put it in a simpler form, and thank God for that, as we're speaking, we're praying. We're speaking to the Father. He's listening to us. And he loves to hear his word. He loves that a person would study with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loves when we quote the scriptures back to him, like Psalms 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standeth in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. But you can't just be a hearer of the word. You've got to be a doer of the word. He counts righteousness as he did with Abraham, because Abraham didn't know what he was doing. But he left his house because the invisible God told him to. And that he promised that I will give you these things if you would leave your household and obey me. He counted that as righteousness. Righteousness means to do what is right. 
And because of that, he was well rewarded with things that were no way possible that could have happened, like having a child at the age of 90. His wife conceived uh, a child at 90. There is no way the God we serve is real. The God we serve writes the future from, from the beginning. He is the one who tells us, if you will believe, you shall receive. And so when we look at the words of uh, Acts, we look at signs, wonders, and miracles, and how to activate those scriptures. So it says, in, in the mighty name of Jesus, we all say right now, Father, thank you for the word that you're putting in us and that you're making us mighty vessels to receive the anointing that breaks yokes. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, as we start, it says, Then says the high priest, Are these things so? He said, Men, brothers, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, where he dwelt in Syrian. And he said unto them, Get out of that country and from that kindred, Come into the land where I will show thee. Then came he out of the land of Chaldean and went and dwelt in Chara. And from hence, when his father died, he removed him into this land where he is now dwelled. And he gave and he gave him none in inheritance. No, not so much as set a foot in it. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him when yet he had no children and God spoke the invisible God spoke on this wise that his seed should be sojourning into a strange place and that they should bring uh, them into a bondage and entreat them evil 400 years and the nation to whom he shall be in bondage will I judge this God the invisible God and afterwards that shall come forth and serve me in this place. He shall, he shall give him a covenant of circumcision, which means he said, I'm giving you a promise, and my promise is being fulfilled by this is what you do. And so Abraham being begot Isaac and circumcised him in the eighth day, which means new beginning, and Jacob begot, I mean, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot the twelve partridges, or the twelve children. And the partridges moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Now you have to go back to the Old Testament to read to see what they're talking about. That's why I say the Bible always interprets itself, and it needs no private interpretation. But if you ain't got time to go back and study, then you will never understand how to activate the word of God how to activate the scriptures and delivered him out of all of his affliction and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of uh, Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all, and all of his house. So now let's let's look at what it says. This is talking about uh, Abraham, Abraham's promise from the invisible God, Abraham's obeying the invisible God, even though he couldn't see it, he obeyed him by saying, if he says for me to go forth, then I need to go forth. If he says he's going to give me something, I may not see it now, but I believe that I will receive it. 
That's why the scriptures always talk about our mind. It's all, everything is started within our mind. You want to change situations in your life? You change the way you look at situations. Don't be sitting in the back seat and let the devil drive. You need to move up to the front seat and take the a control of the wheel. But as long as you sit in the back, the devil controls. You sit up in front, you control. You can control your destiny by knowing that the word of God operates in you. You speak the word, and if you're born again, now you can't just speak the word. You've got to be born again. That means you've got to make a covenant with God. You've got to tell God, listen, I'll do whatever you say. You tell me what you want me to do, and then stick to it. You can't just do a little of it. You can't do a part of it. You got to stick to it. And every time you mess up, you got to tell the Lord, I messed up. Don't try to hide things. Tell I messed up. And I need to start again and let God show you what, how to repent. He likes his word. So he wants you to use his word like uh, Psalms 51. Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit with in me uh, against you and you only have I sinned. Admit what the word says. Because there were people that were a lot smarter than we are, help that God used to write the scriptures. And the more we look at their scriptures and how they use them, then the more it will activate itself through us. Yes, Lord. Now, as I say, anybody who wants to ask, uh, ask any questions, uh, you can call me at any time. Uh, Dorothy, will you give them the number again? The number to call is 646-595-4784 and press 1. 646-595-4784. All right. Now, as I said, the things that I just read now I told you about Abraham, who is called the father of our faith. He's the one who started out in the uh, Old Testament. And because of people like him, we walk in faith and not in trying to see everything or in sight. So in other words, the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible tells us to have faith in God. And then it, it, it stops. It says in Mark, the 11th chapter, in the 23rd verse, it says have faith in God. Well, who is God? The Word. When you understand that the Word is what's got to be activated in your life, that means that the Holy Spirit came upon you, came within you, operates within you, and teaches you all things. He speaks to you. And people say, well, how do I get the Holy Ghost? The Bible even tells you how to do that. It tells you in the book of Matthew, ask, seek, and knock. But it didn't tell you what to ask, seek, and knock for. But if you get into uh, Luke, the 11th chapter, it says, ask, seek, and knock again. But then it tells you, for the Holy Ghost, so you can get the Holy Ghost. And the more you have the Spirit operating with you, the more you'll start to understand. You'll see things that you couldn't see before. Because our God is an invisible God, and he uses the invisible things to create things. So anyway, we're still here in the seventh chapter of Acts, and it says uh, how that Jacob's brothers, I mean, not Jacob's brothers, but 
Joseph's brothers, moved with envy against him, put sowing, and told the father that he was dead. That's bad when your own kinfolk turns against you. But that's going to happen. Everybody, I don't care if you're born in a family that act like they love you, everybody don't love you. Every friend ain't one who loves you. So that's why you have to understand, sometimes God allows this to happen to separate you from everybody else to depend on him. The more you depend on God, the more you will see things happen in your life they will change. That's why the scriptures are written so that we can read and have faith ourselves, not be run to everybody else like some people, I got to run to a prophet. I got to run to a prophetess. I got to run to this person. I got to run to that person. No, you need to run to the word first. And then as God reveals things to you, it'll be revealed by the word. And when you start to learn that, hey, I can control my destiny by obeying what the word says and speaking those things. That's what I'm saying. Activate the scriptures. Activate the scriptures. So anyway, uh, Acts the seventh chapter. And we're at the 11th verse. It says, and now when a dread came over the land of Egypt and the Chardin and a great affliction that her father found no no substance. But when Jacob heard that they were corn in Egypt, and the word Egypt means in bondage, everybody's going to go through bondage. If you're born on earth, you're going to go through some problems. Trouble is here all the time. It's how we handle the trouble. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Witchcraft is in my family, and witchcraft is taking control of me, and witchcraft is not giving them more power than God is. Yes, they are attacking me. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't mean you're not going to be attacked. In fact, you're going to be attacked even more because you're not a part of this world. You're, you're a pilgrim passing through this world. But our job is to learn how to activate the scriptures and to operate in it. Don't be looking for God to do everything. He wants us to, to grow up, to get off the milk and get into the meat. So anyway, as I said, the 12th verse where it says, Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt. He sent our fathers first. And at the second time, Joseph was made known unto his brothers. And Joseph, uh, Ken, was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him and all of his kindred, three scores and fifteen souls. And Jacob went down into Egypt and died, he and our fathers. And they were carried into schism and laid in the scepters that Abraham bought for a sum of money in, of the sons of Emor, the father of Schism. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn into Abraham, that the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose which knew not Joseph. In other words, here the promises were to Abraham. And I'm telling you that because the promises are for you too. If you're if you are under Abraham's seed, I don't mean born as a Jew, but believe born in faith that God is, and He's really working with you, and that if you will use the word, He will transform your life. What happens if I use the word? Nothing happens. 
He's still God all by himself. So a lot of times, if things don't happen, it's still God. All your job is to oh, hold on and keep in faith and walk in it. You know, the Bible says in Matthew, I mean, uh, Proverbs 3 and 5, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. Another interpretation is stop trying to figure God out. God has already walked it out. All you got to do is just obey and keep going the way he told you to go. As I said, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's hard. Simple means if you do what he says, it's a lot easier uh, by the inch than it is by the yard, trying to make giant steps. Of it. Do it a little bit by a little bit. And then learn of him and how God likes things to be done. And as you start to do that, it becomes simpler and simpler and simpler. Then after a while, you realize when the devil shows up, it's your job to speak to the devil. It's your job to put fear in the devil's heart. That's why it says, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. It says, if I submit myself unto God, resist the devil, he will flee from me. He doesn't flee from God. He flees from us because God is in us. Greater is he who's in us. And he wants us to activate those scriptures. The more you activate it, the more you have confidence in it, the more the devil is scared of you. When you were first born, the devil knew who you were, but you didn't know who you were. But the word teaches us if we obey God, then we are the sons of God. And not only sons, but we have power. So anyway, give us under the high. It says, uh, let's skip to the 16th verse, the 17th verse. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn into Abraham that the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose. And this king didn't know nothing about Job. He didn't know about the miracle. He didn't understand what was going on. But he he just got uh, jealous of them, and he's afraid that they're going to take sides against him. So he started being rough on them. It says in the 19th verse, then, show, then the same dealt uh, subtly with our kin, and evil entreated our fathers, so they cast them out, cast out their young, and the end that they may not live. In which time Moses was born, and was exceedingly fair, and nursed up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him as her own. And Moses was learned in all, not in some all wisdom of the Egyptians, and was mightily in words and in deeds. In other words, Moses learned everything that they had to teach in Egypt. And here they didn't know that he, that Moses was not Egyptian, but they thought he was Jewish. I mean, they didn't know he was Jewish. They thought he was Egyptian. And because of that, he got the best of everything. And then it says, and when he was Forty years old, and it came into his heart to visit the brothers, the children of Israel. In other words, he found out who he truly was. That's us. We don't know who we are until we study about ourselves. We don't understand what power we possess until somebody teaches us. The Holy Spirit might be in this woman here or in that man there, but he's contacting us so we'll be as our father is, so shall we be. 
as our Father is God, we are the little gods, and we're supposed to obey the, the big G, the big God. But if we don't know what to say, if we don't know how to obey, we will die. We will be, as they say, we will die from lack of knowledge. So this is what I'm teaching you. Read the word. Read the word. God's blood is in everything of this scripture. The scriptures is alive. It's not dead. And so if you approach it with this, that every time I study God's word, I'm going to receive God into my heart. More of him, less of me. That's why John said I must decrease so that he can increase. He wasn't just talking about his ministry. He's talking about in us, in us. So the more you study, the greater you get to be in him. And then after a while, you'll see signs, wonders, and miracles happening in your ministry, in your life. If it's no more than just you and your family, the more you walk in the scriptures, the stronger you will become. And you'll be able to help some man, some woman, some boy, girl, even your family, because the scriptures are real. And the God that we serve, even though he's invisible, he is real, and he's able to help us, and he's willing to help us. So here it is, the uh, 25th verse. Let's go, let's go 24th. And seeing one of them suffered wrong, he defended them and avenged them that they were oppressed and smothered the Egyptians. In other words, Moses saw that his people were being attacked. He uh, attacked back and killed an Egyptian. But as I tell you, you can't trust your people. Your job is to obey God. 25, and he supported his brothers and would have understood how that, uh, that they would understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. Everybody's not going to understand the instruction God gave you. Everybody's not going to understand the anointing that's upon your life. Everybody will not understand about the glory. But the thing is, Obey God, and they will see it. Sooner or later, they will start to see it. The 26th, and then on the next day, he showed himself unto them as they strived and would have set them at one against another, saying, Sir, you are brothers. You are brothers. Why do you uh, wrong one another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrusted him away, saying, Who made you? a ruler and judge of us. Will thou kill me as he did the Egyptian yesterday? And because of fear, Moses left. He didn't stay there. He ran. Fear changes your course. That's why I tell you, feed your faith, solve your doubt. Do not let fear rule over you, but you rule over fear. A lot of people today are letting their past still control them. They got raped. They got beat up. They got robbed. They got talked about. Do not let your past determine your future, but toughen up and change your future. God has given us power. God has given us authority. God has given us weapons. For it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. The strongholds is how the devil hides once you get in. Curses is how demons get in. Strongholds is how they stay in. The stronghold is no more than different things that might be in your family. Uh, you can have in, uh, incest, rape, uh, 
profanity, corrupt conversation, corrupt thoughts and stuff. But that may not be you. It just be that things in your family. And once the demon gets in, he hides behind that wall or stronghold. Our job is to overcome these weaknesses. Your job is to destroy the works of the devil. Your job is to read the scriptures and believe what it says and then use your weaponry. We can't be defeated if we continue to fight. You only defeat it when you quit. Then it says, 30th, or let's say 29, then, Moses, then fled Moses until at this scene and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begot two sons. And when 40 years old was expired, he appeared to him in the wilderness on the Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in the bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near, behold, a voice of the Lord came out unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. The, the, then Moses trembled and doth not, be, not behold, and said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet. For this place where thou standest is a, is a holy ground. In other words, he's saying, listen, whatever my presence is, you cannot see me all the time. But my presence, you have to respect. He, God loves respect. The more you respect God and his word, the more he will bless you. The more you will see things that you are not able to see before. But you must believe that he is. You've got to believe it. If you can't believe it, you'll never activate the scriptures. You can quote the scriptures all day long like the witches and the warlocks do, but that does not activate God. Only faith <laughs> activates God. Believing in We have a caller, Pastor James. Okay. Um, area code 702, your mic is open. Go ahead. All right. Uh, good evening, Saints. Good evening. So, yes, I, I had a question, Brother Vivian. Um, kind of okay. onto that, that whole thing. So, okay, so our, the scriptures, they do work. And in my own personal life, I've found that, yeah, if you will stand on the word, it, I've seen it come to pass. Um, mm-hmm. But then there are times where I feel as though it's not that I don't have authority, but I feel like I don't have power. And it's not that the scripture isn't. Um but sometimes, and I'm not sure if it's it's my lack of belief or faith on it, um, or if it's just a testing of me to see if I'll still keep going on. Um, you know, uh, when sometimes I feel under attack, I'll loosen scriptures, and it it'll almost feel like it's not working. Mm-hmm. But I know that it does work. Um, so I'm not sure. Uh, at what what I should do about that. Okay. Now, this is why the scriptures, as I say, the Bible always interprets itself. It says, doing all that you can to stand, then stand. It doesn't mean that everything's going to come to pass as you, you prayed or as you believed. Your job is to do everything that you're supposed to do and then stand. 
even though the devil's there to test you. That's his job to make you disbelief. To give you an example, I was in a church preaching, and this young man asked me, he says, how do you develop your faith? And I sit there for a few seconds, and I said, you believe for what you cannot believe for. In other words, you, you're, able to, you're believing for something, but it ain't came to pass, but you keep on believing. So as I was sitting in the church, and this lady came up, she said she had a back problem. So my faith is that God hears my prayer, that he's going to heal this lady's back. I prayed for her back. She didn't get healed. I prayed for a second time. She still didn't get healed. I said, well, maybe the Lord's going to heal you in a couple of days. He doesn't always heal instantly. So another person came up, and I said, what do you want the Lord to do for you? She said, I can't see. My eyes are real bad, and I have to wear, like, bifocals to see. I said, okay, well, I'll pray for you. And I prayed, and she didn't, wasn't able to see. And I said, okay. I said, well, let me pray again. I prayed the second time. She still wasn't able to see. So I said, well, maybe the Lord will heal you a little bit later. So the next six people that came up there all had eye problems, and none of them got healed. Then the devil started talking to me. said, I don't care how long you've been in the ministry. He's going to come to talk to you, and that's his job. He's good at his job to bring doubt, to bring in confusion. And he told me, he said, look at you. You got pain in your hip, and you praying for everybody else, and ain't no, you ain't healed. Now these other people are not healed. Now you're going to destroy their faith. Now tell me that didn't hurt. When you hear the devil say, now you're going to destroy their faith. And I said, Lord, I said, let me talk to the devil. And I said, devil, listen to me. I said, even though nobody's getting healed, even though I am not healed, I am not going to stop against preaching against healing. God heals, and that's going to be the bottom line. I will still preach that until the day I die and then preach it on further, that God heals. About that time, a lady walked up. She said, I, I need prayer. And I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I cannot see out of my eyes. They're real bad. Now, all these people that came up there, and I had forgotten what that young man had asked me. How do you develop your faith? And the answer I gave him was, you got to believe for what you cannot believe for. Now, all these people didn't get healed, so now she's challenging me to believe for her to be able to see when the others didn't see. And I didn't back down that one iota. I said, yes, ma'am. I laid hands and prayed for her just like I did the others. I gave her my Bible to read. I said, now read this. And she started crying. I said, what's wrong? She said, I can see. I can see. And as soon as she said that, the other six people's eyes popped open. They were seen. Then the lady who had the back problem, this guy named Gary, he was with me. And Gary came up to me and said, Brother Vivian, you know why she couldn't see? I mean, why she didn't get healed in the back? I said, no. He, she said, she's got tattoos. I thought, bring her up here. She came up there. We broke the curses on the tattoos. That's what I was telling you. Curses is how demons get in. Strongholds is how they stay in. We broke the curse of the tattoos. And as soon as we broke the curse of the tattoos, she got healed. So I had to believe against what I couldn't believe for. And that's how you right. develop your faith. You cannot hold on to what you think in the past or what has happened in the past. You got to change your thoughts for a future rendezvous. In other words, God looks toward the future. We look toward the past. God says, believe you will receive. We say, well, I haven't received it yet. 
I'm not in control. You're, you're defeating the purpose. I am in control. I'm going to believe what God tells me and not what I think or what I see. I cannot walk by sight, but I got to walk by faith. Did I answer your question? Well, yeah, um, yes, but I, I had had time to think up another one, and okay. it's kind of okay. So we're in Acts here, and mm-hmm. kind of uh, I'm trying to stay in the theme of things put okay. out, but okay. So to that same end, then, um, how do you increase, let's say? your power in the Holy Spirit. Now, the Lord doesn't use everyone to manifest healing miracles or this thing or that for his glory, right? Uh, you know, but everybody has their gifts. But so you can still be powerful it, within your own understanding of the word. Um, so is that just by studying? Like, for, for, for instance, um, if the Holy Ghost gives you a revelation as a working apostle uh, at your level of things, but he doesn't give it to me. Um, But I read the same chapter and and I I may be okay. So I can understand it on the, just what it plainly says. Is that still as effective for me um, in my faith and with trying to cover myself and, loose it out effectively? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. The main thing is, like, what James just wrote, you know, that uh, faith without works is dead. In other words, what he was saying, he's not saying, oh, you're, you're dead in your faith and everything. He's saying you've got to practice. Just like if you want to go to Carnegie Hall as a musician, you got to practice, practice, practice. Even if I can't see it, even if I don't believe it, I keep practicing I do believe it. I see what I cannot see, even though I really don't see it. In other words, fight past your unbelief. Fight past when it doesn't work, that it must be something I'm doing wrong. No. They say, you can be doing everything right and not going anywhere. That's why it says, doing all you can to stand, then stand. This is why... The scriptures are weapons for us. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons take us into the battle. And the more we battle, the stronger we become. As I tell people, if you'd have met me 37 years ago, you wouldn't know that I had uh, problems with my faith. But after I started moving in it, when I did even if I couldn't see it, as soon as I couldn't believe it, I still went out and prayed for people. Like this one man, he was deaf and dumb. His name is Israel, Prince Israel of all names, Prince Israel. And he was deaf and dumb for as long as I've known him. And I walked up to him, and I did in front of the whole neighborhood. I'm going to show you my face is real. I went and laid hands and prayed for this man for his hearing to be restored, and it wasn't restored. Now, I could have stopped and said, okay. It ain't going to work for me. It's only for apostles. It's only for somebody else. But I didn't. I could have said, well, let me do it behind the, behind closed doors so nobody will know if it worked or not. No, I did it out in front of everybody, out in front of the street. I did it again. It still didn't. I did it the third time. It still didn't work. But 
wasn't too long after that, I was preaching at another church, and this lady came up. She can't hear. I laid hands and prayed for her and said, Ephesus, when I did, her ears popped open. Why? I believe beyond what I could believe for myself. I believe that God's word is going to work, even though I didn't see it work the first time, the second time, the third time, the fifth time. There was this guy, his name is John Winberg. And I asked him, I said, how do you have a great healing ministry? He said, go out and pray for 100 people and don't care if nobody gets healed. That's your only job. Just pray for them. And I went out and prayed for, for people, and by the time I got to about the fifth person, people started getting healed. And I kept on praying, and that's how you destroy the unbelief. You believe what you cannot believe for. Well, it doesn't work. Keep on praying. It, it will work. Don't listen to the devil. Did I answer your question? You did. I, I just, this is more of a personal thing. There there are times where I'm reading the scripture, and sometimes I don't even feel like I understand it on a simple level. But mm-hmm. um, But so what you're saying is even then, still just whether I can understand it or not, I know it's true and still stand on it to where I can understand it and just trust God mm-hmm. that he, you know, will give me the understanding. Like in, in a lot of mm-hmm. these talks, there have been scriptures where I don't even, I, I don't know if you were just flowing in the spirit, but it, I, it just, I suddenly understood it in a new way I hadn't before. And I said, well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, you know what? That did answer my question, and I, I don't have any more. All right. Well, thank you, sir. You have a blessed day. You and too. I'm gonna tell you, I'm down here in I'm down here in Florida and enjoying the warm weather. I heard it's cold up there. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. It's it's been pretty cold. All right. All right. Well, God All right. bless. God you bless. I'll continue on. Okay. Now, as I say, let's get back to. Uh, Acts, the seventh chapter, and that, you know, like I told you, a lot of times people will be, your own family will be the ones that are against you. That's why we looked at 23, 24, and 25. And he thought that they would understand that he's supposed to be the, the one who helped set the captives free, but they don't. And people, if the people are turned against themselves, you know they're going to turn against the man or woman of God. So that's why we have to keep on reading the word and see how God took care of those people of the past. Just like with David. Uh, at one time, they wanted to kill David. And said, it's your fault because our people got captured and stuff. But is David God? No. Is Abraham God? Isaac God? No. You're going you're gonna to go through battles. And you're going to have to sometimes stand when nobody else is standing with you. You got to encourage yourself. That's what the Bible says. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So now we're at Acts seven and thirty-four. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt. I have heard their moaning, and has come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. He's talking about the Moses. This Moses, whom they refused, saying, "Who may be a ruler or a judge?" The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hands of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. You notice it said there was an angel 
not a bunch of angels, one angel that appeared to uh, Moses in the bush. I'm telling you that because the Bible tells us, even in the New Testament, that God is going to reveal himself sooner or later in your spiritual life. And a lot of times, it will be an angel. A lot of people, well, God didn't appear to me. God did this. And God, did. But the Bible says that he uses his servants, which is his messengers. So it's just like being with God when his angel shows up. And they're there to battle for us. They're there to help us to understand how to flow in the Holy Ghost, how to flow in the Holy Spirit, how to have an understanding that all the war is against us. This is not our planet. This is what we're passing through. But for us not to back down. I don't care how big the challenge is, you keep going against the challenge. I don't care how bad the situation is, you keep going against the situation. Do not give up. Those the only ones that's defeated is he who quits. He who quits never wins, and he who wins never quits. Number 36, he brought them out afterwards that was shown wonders, signs in the land of bondage or Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. In this that Moses said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God rise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him you shall hear. In other words, here's Moses prophesying way before it happens. There's going to be another one that is made like him, another messenger. And for you to hear him. Well, who was the messenger? The messenger was Jesus. But he was prophesied way back before it even happened. God always tells you the end from the beginning. He already knows. So he cannot be defeated. He knows all things. And that's what he does. He knows all things. And he tells us. He warns us. He says, these things shall come to pass. And when, when these things start to come to pass, look upon his word to see what is this saying? You will not always understand everything. Read it anyway and let it soak into you. And then later on, as I say, with well, that scripture that I use, be, uh, take more of me out of me and put more Jesus in me. I must decrease so that he can increase. And I keep saying that thing over again. Uh, what's the word? That I'm trying to look for uh, affirmation. You affirm what the word says. I don't care if you have to write it on a mirror. That where, like, if I lose anything, I have a scripture that I use. There is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. Ninety-some percent of the people I taught that scripture, even though they didn't have an understanding of it, anything they lost, they found it. Everything that, unless it was stolen, they got it back. And I mean impossible things of happening. Like this lady drops her car keys in the middle of a football field. They done turned out all the lights. She can't find her car keys. She has no way of finding the car keys. And she called me up over the phone, and I told her to pray this prayer. There is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. She prayed that prayer, and within five minutes, she found her car keys where she couldn't even find it. She didn't even remember walking there, but she just happened to be walking down to where the Lord, the Holy Spirit was pushing her and stepped on top of her keys. So that's why I keep trying to tell you. Use the word, even if you don't understand it, even if it don't sound right. Use the word and have faith that the word will work. You can't just be a speaker of it. you got to be a doer of it. There were these two preachers. They practiced every day walking in the Holy Spirit. And they got so good at it 
that they would hide from each other, from one end of the town to the other, and pray to find the other person. And the Holy Spirit would lead them to where the other person was hiding at. Even if they hid in the locker, he'd take them all the way down to there. Why? Because they believed that God's word would work. They believed that the Holy Spirit wanted them to walk in the Spirit, even, even when the Bible tells you to walk in faith, not it. I said it says to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. We are spiritual beings when we're born again. And because of that, we can't operate like everybody else. Well, you just don't know what goes on in the world. Yes, I do. But I know what goes on in the spirit really even more because he said that uh, God is a spirit. So if he's a spirit, do I need to walk in the natural realm or do I need to walk in the spiritual realm? I need the spiritual realm. And the more you read, the more you study, the more you'll find out that God already done worked everything out. All you have to do is keep on walking. By the time I get to be 90 years old, God already knows what I was going to do when I was one year old before I was even born here. Same thing with you. Whatever God has told you, that's going to happen. Whatever he wrote down in the book, because there is a book being written, that is what you're supposed to have. This is what you're supposed to do. Walk by the faith, not by what you think. Then it says, 38, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness when the angels which spoke unto him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracle or the speaking of the word to give unto us. The oracle means it's alive, it's not dead. Whatever God speaks, it's forever. If you get the understanding and you start speaking, you become closer to him. The devil starts to fear you. That's what we want. The devil to fear you. He's already fearing God. But God wants to put the fear of him in you so that the devil will be afraid of you, and not only you, but your family, to whom our fathers would not obey, thus thrusting themselves from them, and in their heart turn back again into Egypt. And the word Egypt, I told you, means bondage. Saying unto Moses, make us gods to go before us for us for this Moses has brought us out of the land of bondage we does not know what became of him and they made a calf in those days and offered up sacrifice unto the idol and rejoiced in the work of their hands now what is the calf the calf is Baal that's what the Egyptians believed in and they did blood sacrifice God has not called us to do a blood sacrifice and here they are turning back to this calf and doing this blood sacrifice to an idol. And I don't can't do nothing for you. Then it says, then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as is written in the book of the prophet. O you house of Israel, have you offended to uh, slain beasts and sacrificed by the face of 40 years in, in the wilderness? You have taken up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God Rep figures which made to worship them. And I carried you away from beyond Babylon. In other words, I took you out of confusion. I gave you an understanding. Those gods can't help you. Those gods are not really God. But yet still, we, if we don't get what we want from God, we turn to another way. Well, God, I tried your way and it didn't work. Uh, your man of God is not here, so I got to do it my way. That was a song that uh, back in the old days, uh, Frank Sinatra 
I did it my way. My way ain't going to work. The only way it's going to work is if I obey God and do it the way he says. The other gods are little G's, and they can't help you. They're demonic. And this is in 44. It says, and our fathers had the tabernacle in the wilderness and in the will, uh, let me see. Our father had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should not make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which, which also our fathers that came brought forth in with Jesus in the possession of the Gentiles. The Gentile means one who has no covenant with God, no contract with God. We have a contract with God. We're circumcised in our mind, our heart, that we understand differently than what the world says. When the world says, Mr. Worldly Wise, this is how you need to figure it out, we say, no, our God is a divine God, and we let him figure it out, and we just obey him, whom God dragged out before the face of our fathers until the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for God of Jacob. In other words, he says, I will take the trickery out of you. That's what Jacob means, one who's a trickster. Take the trickery out of you and build you a new, uh, build you as a new person. I will give you favor to change you. That's what, when he talks about faith and favor, it's what it means is it's to change you. It's not long, not you to keep doing the same thing. If you're a whoremonger, you don't continue to be a whoremonger. If you're into stealing, you don't continue to steal. You change because you've got time to change now because you're not dead. That's what grace is all about, changing. But Solomon built him a house. How do you see that most high dwells not in temples made of hands, as said the prophet? Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house shall you, how shall you build me, said the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has not my hands made all things? Now, just think about what he said. Have I not made all things? And when it says hand, another word for hand means thought. Everything originated from God's thought. Nothing that's created was not created outside of God's thought. So that means he knows everything. And he tells us, if you will humble yourself and not try to figure things out and try to be uh, uh, charge of everything, God will humble himself and bring you through. Psalm, I mean, uh, scripture number 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets have not your father persecuted and have uh, slain them which showed before the coming of, G- of the just one? and the just one is Jesus Christ, of whom you have now, uh, whom you have been now the betrayer and murderer. Whom whom have you received the law by the dispensation of angels and kept it not? In other words, Moses was a messenger. He told us what we need to do, and they did not listen to Moses. That we had prophets and prophetess come in and warn us, and they still did not listen to me for the word of God. And when the just one came, what did they do to him? They killed him. They hung him on the cross. But that he could, the word of God can never die, it came back to life. Now, let's look at 
Now, this is the way of also activating the scriptures. This is when you really know if you can really move in the spirit of God, and that is when death is looking you in the face. When you can look death in the face and realize, if I got to die, I'll die. If I'm supposed to live, I'll live. But either way, it's God's choice, and I'm not going to be afraid. If you're afraid of something, face your fears. Face your fears. But you just don't know what I went through, my childhood. Forget about your childhood. Go to the future. There was this, this prophet named Clem, Kim Clemente, and he used to say, I see your future, and you look a whole lot better in the future. That's right. Don't live in the past. Change your past. Deal with it first. Don't just put it behind you. Deal with it. My mother didn't like me. My father didn't like me. My grandkids didn't like me. My children didn't like me. Deal with it. They didn't like you. Now get over it. Don't keep holding the past. Because the past will keep you bound or tricked to those things that the devil is using against you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he has not changed his weaponry. And as long as he can get you to think about what people have done to me, instead of I got to forgive people, even though I don't feel that it's right for me to forgive them. Because when you forgive, it sets you free. It ain't setting them free. It sets you free. And the more you learn to forgive and walk by faith, the faith is in the word, that God is a, re- a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is the re- avenger. In other words, I'm not looking for the avenger. In fact, I'm praying for people to get saved. I'm praying that people be blessed because the more I pray for you, the more it's coming from me. If I curse you, I'm cursing me. If I bless you, I'm blessing me. So the more I learn to bless people, the more that God will see, okay, how much is that he's in love or she's in love with me, trying to imitate me because it's not God's will to any to perish, but to all comes through repentance. And once you start to understand it, every scripture in the Bible, you'll start seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. Repent, repent. But the power of God is in repenting and not cursing people, but blessing people. That's why he said, those that bless Abraham, I will bless them. All those that curse Abraham, I will curse them. Now, if he says that he's personally involved, I believe it. And that we are his children. And that we have to go through the wilderness. That's what tabernacle in the wilderness means. You're going to go through problems. Anybody who doesn't go through problems, you're, you're not God's child. I'm just telling you right quick. You ain't going through no tests. You're, you're Satan's child, and Satan's not going to mess with you. He, wants, he knows you're going to die and go to hell. That's why he wants you to do that. But if you start turning your back against him and start facing God and, heading, and doing what God wants you to do, you're going to have trouble. You will have trouble. All right. Yes, Lord. Let's keep on going here. And as I say, you won't know how your faith operates until you get to the, the biggest test. And the biggest test is to face death. When you can face death and not afraid of death, that's when your life will really change. No, I ain't telling you to go out and kill yourself. That's wrong. Uh, you're agreeing with death then. No. Your job is to live when I feel like I'm going to die. I've got to obey when I don't feel like obeying. 
I got to give God glory when I don't feel like giving God glory. That means I don't feel like reading today. I don't want to read the scriptures today. I don't want to praise God today. But that's why he said, give the sacrifice of praise. Give the sacrifice. When I don't feel like doing it, I'll do it anyway. And it ain't got to be long. You know, a lot of these people, are not, I'm not criticizing y'all. I'm not trying to find fault. A lot of people believe, oh, you got you to gotta pray 10, 20, 30 hours a week. Believe me, God can hear a sincere prayer in a fraction of a second. If your prayer is sincere, it will get to the throne room of God. But if you're going into a lot of words, like Jesus said, they, they, because of the lacquery or the way they dress and how they pray, they make these long prayers pretending to worry about this, the, 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 the poor and the meek and the elderly and all that. No, a sincere prayer is heard within a fraction of a second. That's why it says if you will have the faith of a mustard seed, it's not talking about a mustard seed. It's talking about pain. If you can hold on for a fraction of a second and believe what God says is true, then whatever you pray for, you can get. What happens if it don't come to pass? Remember, he's still God. He is still God, and it can happen at any time. So let's look at Stephen when he had to face death and what happened. We're at uh, 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut in their hearts and gashed upon him with their teeth. They're talking about Stephen. But he, being full of the what? Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly in heaven and saw the glory of God and, and, boy, this is the part, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. In other words, there's God of glory and then his son sitting on the right hand of his father interceding for us. He wants us to make it. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with one voice, popped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witness laid down their clothes as a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. You notice he wasn't scared about facing death. The main thing he wanted to do was pray for his enemies. He said, don't leave this, this, this sin upon them. Because he knew they were doing it in ignorance. The same thing with Jesus said. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Yes, and they will call on the name of the Lord. A lot of times people will, when they, they go against you, especially deliverance ministries, they go against you, they think they're doing God a favor. They're trying to talk bad about you because they believe that you're just out of, out of a position. You're not doing what God wants you to do. When he casts out demons, he don't do it no more. Yes, God still casts out demons. And think about it. For all those people who have not been seeing demons, you're about to see more than you've ever seen before. The reason is the Bible says in the end times, the wicked will do wicked earth. In other words, the witches and warlocks, they're doing witchcraft right now. They're doing mind control, mind blockers. They say, well, I don't believe that. That's right, because they got your mind blocked and they got your mind controlled. We need to get a fresh start. 
we need to renew our mind. In other words, don't pick up everything that the TV is telling you, everything that Channel 5 or Channel 9 in Kansas City is teaching you things, but find out what is the truth. Find out what is really being said. Just because they said somebody uh, had sex with this woman don't mean that they did. Just because it says that these people uh, have a conspiracy theory, that don't mean it's always true. The only way you find out, if you don't know, keep your mouth shut. That way you God can reveal it to you. And if you'll find out if you're walking with God or not, too. Because if you hear the opposite of what God is doing, you'll know. You'll see the rest of the world is walking with you. That's why it says, do not submit to yourself to this world, but be conformed or changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable uh, way of God. God has a way, and he does that, and you'll see over and over again, it's him, it's him. Oh, I can see now, because there's so much people here practicing witchcraft. In the churches, you got, uh, I'm telling you, you got people that are deacons, you got people that are pastors, in the church that work witchcraft. And there's two types, or there's many types, but one of the two types of witchcraft that we hear about is W-I-T-C-H, witchcraft, and then there's the W-I-S-H, craft, witchcraft. I wish you were dead. I wish something bad would happen to you. I wish I didn't have this baby. I wish this man was never in my life. And when things happen, you think, oh, it must be God getting vengeance. No, you know, curse people. And remember, the curse is going to come back upon you sooner or later. Your job is to repent and pray for those who are, that you think is out of the way and pray for them if you're wrong that you get right. Don't accept everything. There's kids right now I've had come to me talking about they see circles uh, appearing in their house. They've seen demons appear out of the floor. They've seen witches in their bathrooms and stuff. Well, that's just their imagination. No, it ain't. They're really seeing these things. And if you don't help your child, who's going to be, who can they talk to? Who can they run to? If you're not going to help them, then there's nobody can help them. You're the parent. You're the one who should be reading and studying the word and find out, is there such things as demons? Are there such things as principalities? Are there such things as wicked rules of the darkness, and how do they operate? We need to study those things. Well, I'm giving, that gives the devil more power. No, it gives the devil less power. If a man stands in front of you with a bow and arrow and a man, another man standing a, a mile down the, down the road from you with a rifle, who's going to win the war, the man with the bow and arrow or the man that has the rifle? You must learn what is the weakness of the devil and what's your strength. Our weapons are stronger than the devil. This is why we have to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Okay, let's keep on going here. The, we are in Acts, the third, the eighth chapter, and it starts off in this way. As I say, anybody has any questions or comments, this is a good time to call in. Will you give me the number again, Dorothy? 646-596-9000. Four seven eight four, and press one. That's four six five nine five four seven eight four. All right. As I said, now it says the eighth verse. It says, "And Saul, 
was consenting to his death. Saul later on was changed to Paul. And at that time, he was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they all were scattered abroad throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devoted men carried Stephen to the burial and made great lamentation or cried over him. For Saul had made uh, havoc of the church, entering into the houses and hauling men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad where every, the preaching of the word. Now, that's a good thing for us to read that because that is about to come to pass again. They got uh, what they call femur camps. And see, you need to study that. What is a femur camp? That they use it under one set of words, but it's actually a place where they're going to put Christians at and any others who are against the religion of our nation whatever if it's Sharia law or whatever, it's going to be a place where they're going to put prisoners in there and they're going to really try your faith to see if you're really in the faith. Because at that time, they have these guillotines that's here. They've been here for the longest. And if you confess Jesus, you're going to have your head cut off. That's why you see these things over now with these uh, people using swords and stuff. But that's just the beginning. When the Bible prophesies something, it's going to come to pass. You may not recognize it until what we call hindsight. You look back, oh, so that's what the Bible meant. Oh, is that what they meant for us to see? But see, you got a chance now if you sit there and realize if the Bible talks about the 144, there must be 144,000. If God says, I'll protect my people, there must be certain people that's going to be protected. There are certain people that are doomed that are against us. And you got to find out who's the children of the devil and who's the children of light. And the Bible teaches us, as the more you study, that the children of darkness is smarter than the children of light. Why? Because they practice their craft. They study their craft. But us, well, Lord, we want you to do all the work. You do this and we'll sit back and just glory in your presence. But instead of us studying about his presence and walking in the word of God and activating the scriptures, we want the scriptures to activate us. But that's not how it works. It's just like food. You can look at food all day long, and until you eat it, you get no energy. Well, I believe if I just look at it long enough and look at the water long enough, osmosis, it'll just enter into me. I ain't got to do nothing. No. This world was set up on we have to work. We have a job to do. That job is to feed our faith, starve our doubt. Feed our body, wash our body. Whatever it takes, we've got to do something. But those who don't do nothing, they receive nothing. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And so it says, uh, that fourth verse again, I like that. Therefore, they were gathered abroad. See, people don't go out preaching the gospel until trouble comes. When trouble comes, oh, yeah, they'll start running around then. Oh, let me speak about the Lord, because now trouble is coming toward them. Death is coming toward them. Now you're going to see if you really believe in the word. Do you really want to believe that God is? Are you going to really believe that you need to do something? This is when trouble comes. Death will make you run. Death will neither make you run toward 
Jesus or make you run away from Jesus. But either way, you're going to run. Let's start at the fifth verse here. Then it says, Philip went down into the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto these things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, signs, wonders, and miracles. The unclean spirit crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. And there was a certain man named Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This is the great power of God. To him they have regard, because that of a long time he has bewitched them with sorcery. Remember what I say about mind control and mind block blockers? That's a way of uh, bewitching people. They'll make you believe. If you tell a lie long enough, people will believe a lie. Even if the, the Bible says this is the way that God operates. But here this person tells a lie long enough. All you do is sacrifice to this, this dummy, uh, thou, idiot, or idol. If you sit and give to this idol, watch the miracles come to pass. And so God allowed that miracle come to pass because that's what you want to believe in. But the word says stay away from idolatry. The word says no blood sacrifice. Don't don't kill any animals. Serve to another god. But they're not gods. There's only one god, and everything operates through him. He created everything, and everything was created by him. And if we start realizing that we are here to obey him and to bring joy to him, the greatest joy for God is that we obey him. The more we obey God, the happier he is. And then he gives us a scripture. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I make God happy. God makes me happy. I do what God says. He increases my happiness. I see things that I would never see if I didn't obey him. And like my family, I don't just teach me. I teach my family because I want them blessed. I want them to be a joy in God's eyesight. And so then we'll, when we go around into places, I don't worry about my family being scared of demons. My little grandson, he's about eight years old, and he, he said, told his mother, Grandma, hey, you see Grandpa? She said, what? You see that's behind him? He said, what? He said, there's an angel behind Grandpa. He can see other kids that move in the spiritual realm. They'll either see demons or angels. And because of that, you'll, you'll find out that the more you move into the spirit realm, the more your family will move into the spirit realm. Abraham's children was blessed because of Abraham. And because of that, we can be blessed to bless our children. We're blessed to be a blessing. So that's why we study the scriptures that we're going through now, the act, the book of Acts. Every single one of them, there's not a single chapter in here that doesn't talk about signs, wonders, and miracles. And it teaches you how that these people went through 
by facing their fears. You think that Philip wanted to die or any of the apostles wanted to die, but they faced their fears, and because of that, God sometimes let them die, like Stephen, or he let them live, where they accepted him with one accord. Whatever Philip was preaching, hey, they believed it. And then this time when Paul went to preaching, sometimes the people were with him, sometimes they were against him. But you got to remember, it's all part of the test. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. Let's look at that with the, uh, I like that part too. Let's go back to the seventh verse where it says, For unclean spirits cried loud voices. When you cast out demons, sometimes the, the demons are very loud. Sometimes they're very quiet. But the thing is, they're trying to trick you to make you think that they're not coming out. Your job is not to quit. Came out of many that were possessed with them, and many were taken with palsy. There's a difference between sickness and demons. Every sickness doesn't have a demon. Every demon does not have a sickness. And they were lame and were healed. And there was great joy in the city. And there came a certain man, we didn't talk about him, the one that wanted to bewitch people, and I told you that's called mind control, a mind blocker. Now, how do you break their, their power? When you fight against mind control, you call in the angels of God. I'm teaching you how to do this. You call in the angels of God to read the gospel of Jesus Christ into mind control ears over and over again and multiply it every 10 seconds, I call in five more angels to read the gospel of Jesus Christ into mind control ears over and over again. Mind blockers. I call in the angels of the Lord to, to destroy the mind blockers by reading the gospel of Jesus Christ into their ears over and over again. Uh, you got a, a demon named uh, Jezebel. You want to break Jezebel off you because they run around with witchcraft and they run around with mind blocker and stuff. How do you block, how do you destroy Jezebel? You ask uh, the dolls, according to the scriptures, the dolls of Jezreel to bite on Jezebel. And you start multiplying. Like, I call them five dolls to bite on Jezebel and Ahab, because that's her husband. They usually run together. And most times, you, you may not have nothing happen. Nothing will be said. I call in ten dolls to bite on Jezebel and Ahab. I call in twenty. Oh, oh, all right, all right. That ain't hurting me. You're just wasting your time. Don't be calling any more. I call in more. Thirty dollars to bite on Jezebel and Ahab. Keep on increasing it because demons lie. They tell you they hurting them. It's hurting them. And also, this is they call in the horses of Je- uh, uh, Jehu and let them run across the body of of uh, Jezebel. Whatever is in the Bible, it can be used. Whatever he called out fire that Elijah called down fire from the sky to, to destroy those troops, we can call down fire from the sky. We don't always have to see the fire, but they can feel it. They know who believes and who don't believe. They know who has power and who does not have power. Our job is to show that God is and that he would help us, even though we don't always see it, we don't always feel it, but he's still God all by himself. All right? So I just gave you some weapons, how to use them. Another thing, too, if your kids are uh, going into the, uh, their bedrooms and stuff and demons are starting to appear there, and they will, they will, 
start using Psalms 23. The Lord Jesus Christ is my shepherd, I shall not want. What you're doing is you're saying, whatever I need, Jesus is going to take care of it. A lot of times we ain't got time to make a long prayer. And you're in trouble, you need Jesus right away. For those that's been attacked, what they call uh, sleep paralysis, but they're actually a demon called Incubus or Syncubus. And when they're on top of you, they're sexual demons. What you can't, sometimes you can't get nothing out of your mouth but Jesus. And you have to fight just to say the one word. That's why I said, you ain't got to fight uh, long prayers and stuff, but be sincere in your heart. And believe me, when those demons are attacking you and you see those things, you'll get very sincere because you want to get those things away from you and your family. All right. Let's keep on going here. Uh, the the twelfth verse it says, but when they be- believed Philip preaching of the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. And Simon also himself believed also, and when he was baptized. He continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles of signs and wonders which was done. Now, you notice, here's this man been working witchcraft all of his life. He can tell what is more powerful, like with the uh, the children of Pharaoh, or the, actually the magicians of Pharaoh. When uh, Moses threw down his rod, they threw down the rod. Whatever Moses did, they did. But then when it got past where they can go, they said, wait a minute. This is the finger, and remember, finger means thought of God. This is the most powerful God. We can't do nothing against it. And that's the same thing what we're trying to strive for, that where we're so in tune with the Holy Spirit that when we walk into a place, they should feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. But if you're practicing, uh, as say, things of which is not beneficial to you, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, listen to some uh, TV programs that do nothing but use profanity, use sex and stuff, pedophiles and stuff like that. That is destroying you. It's not only destroying your nation, it's destroying you. So you have to repent from those things and keep on going. I know some preachers today that are in charge of big congregations and they're into watching pornography while they're in church. They're into uh, watching child pornography and it says, well, I can't stop myself. Yes, you can stop yourself. Leave the things alone and strive and resist it, like the Bible says, resist it unto blood, unto death. Don't quit trying to resist. You keep fighting, you'll get stronger. All right, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As I said, giving you a chance to open up again for anybody who has any questions on anything about uh, deliverance, triumphs, wonders. Do you think we're going to be uh, uh, knowing what's going to happen in the end times? If we don't study, we will not know. That's why they said, and these jail cells are real. As I told you, look up FEMA, look up guillotine. Are there any guillotine? Ask the question because these. Smartphones are so smart nowadays, they can answer anything. Ask them if there's any guillotines in America and what they're going to be used for. Okay, it's on the 13th. 
and see where Simon he believed it was baptized in the fourteenth. And when the apostles were in Jerusalem, heard that Samaria has received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, whom when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And for as yet as he had spoke, uh, fallen of none of them only, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, if you notice, they always run around, well, you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus only. The Bible teaches, I'd rather do it all. I'd rather baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. That way I cover everything. As I say, our job is to fight the enemy, not to fight among each other, because we don't always agree on everything. Then laid their hands upon them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying of of the apostles, the hands of the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this also, power, so that whoever I lay hands, they may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, and because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with the money, that there neither that you have neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Remember what he's saying, hey, let me be able to be able to lay hands on people and get the Holy Ghost and everything else. But see, the Holy Ghost is given by God, and it does, you can't buy it. It's for whoever he will give it to. And then when you get it, it operates severally as he will, not as you will. For the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, word of uh, prophecy, working of miracles, healing and stuff, it's still done by the Holy Ghost. He's the one who chooses and what to do. You mean you can have all nine gifts? That's right. You mean can I have just one gift? That's right. But you got to remember, you don't control the gift. The gift controls you. And when you start realizing that, it makes it a lot easier to move in the kingdom of God. You're not in charge. God is. Your job is to obey and show others how to obey God's word, how to submit to God's word, how to submit to God's will, and to obey his commands. And then go into every part. So there's so many people that's got bitterness in them. So many people that are not forgiving people. And you're going to be that light that comes, look, if you forgive, what look what God will do for you. If you forgive, God will move miraculously in your life. If you will do this, God will do that. All right. Yeah, okay, and I'm leaving the radio open, and none of y'all calling me. And it's a good time to call me, and I, I stopped my vacation just so I can talk to y'all over the radio. I'm down here in Florida. But as I say, I'm not only down for vacation, but I'm also going down to minister here. I'll be down in Lakeland on Thursday at the United Church at 7 uh, p.m. It's out on U.S. 98, down there by Walmart. There's only one Walmart I know about in Lakeland, and it's right across the street, and we'll be there at 7 o'clock. And that's a good time to ask questions if you're in the neighborhood. All right. Let's keep on going here. The 22nd verse, it says, Repent, therefore, of this wickedness, thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art uh, gall of bitterness in the bondage of iniquity. In other words, he said, you're so full of sin that I, I can see it. 
Yes, you can see sin on some people. You can see the darkness in their heart. Sometimes you can even see a dark cloud over that person. Then answer Simon, saying, Pray you to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken shall come upon me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of Samaria. And now, what is the gospel? The death, burial, and resurrection that most churches say. But Jesus said the gospel is the is talk about what is getting ready to happen, the prophecies at the end about Jerusalem becoming a nation again, people be moving in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Isaiah, where it says, the rise time for the light has came upon you, that God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and we shall prophesy. This is the stuff that's called the gospel, the good news. We'll be like heaven is up above, so shall we be down here below. We will move in the prophetic. We'll move in the healing realms. We'll heal in the miraculous realm. This is what God is trying to get us prepared for. He wants us to be just like him. And so we have to search each day to change from from faith to faith to glory to glory. All right, and let's keep on going here. Uh, the 25th, and when they had testified and preached the word of God, they turned to Jerusalem, all right, to 26. And the angel of the Lord arrived, spoke to Philip, and said, Arise, and go toward the south, and to the way that goes down into Jerusalem, into Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and unity, a great authority under candid queen of the Ethiopians, had the charge of all her treasures and had come to Jerusalem for to worship and was returning and sitting in the stairs and reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself unto his chariot. And Philip ran hither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understand thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I accept some man has guided me. Remember that part where it says, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's been sent? The Bible goes back and interprets itself over and over and over again. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scriptures, which he read this, he was led as a sheep to the altar, and like a lamb dumb before his chairs, he opened not his mouth. In humility, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the Enoch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speak the prophet of this or himself or some other? Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scriptures, scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, there came a certain, they came upon a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. How, uh, what does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, you know, this is not a big thing, but as I told you, you got this church through scriptures, and the Bible teaches us precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. The more you start to understand by reading and putting it together, you'll find out, oh, Jesus is who he said he is. He said that he was the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter came along and said, thou art the Christ, 
the Son of the Living God. And Jesus reconfirmed and said, Flesh and blood has not revealed it, but for my Father. Now, 38, it says that he commanded the chariot to stand still, and he went down both into the water with Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught up Philip, that was at, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Zalto, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came in Caesarea. Now, you notice, here they were. They went down to be baptized, and the man, the eunuch, got to see a miracle. God lifted him up out of that water and took him somewhere else. I had a uh, man that I met down at Oral Roberts University, and he had been praying for three years. He said, Lord, I want to go overseas. I want to be with this preacher named W.B. Grant. And as I said, I knew him. And he said he prayed, he prayed for three years. One day as he was on his way to school, the Spirit of God picked him straight up, took him through the air, and brought him straight to uh, the Africa and put him on the platform with W.B. Grant. W.B. Grant looked over him like, oh, I've been waiting on you to come, and kept right on teaching. And when he got through, he went over and talked with him, and he stayed with him for a whole year. Now, he had to catch a plane to come back, but he actually went by the supernatural. Our God is a supernatural God. I keep saying it over and over and over again. Hopefully, you'll get the understanding. Uh, I'm going to stop there on that, and I want to turn to uh, Romans, the fourth chapter. Romans, the fourth chapter. I would like people to call in and let me know if you if you disagree, agree, or something. <laughs> hey, Dorothy, do you have any comments? Nope, I don't have any comments either. I'm I'm in the same boat with Anna. I'm a, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, it's kind of hard for me sitting in this one seat over and over again for two hours. <laughs> I know, I hear you. When I have have questions, you know, the answers for people. Uh, The main thing is that we want to look at what does the word say versus what it doesn't say versus what people say it says. And and how did we get where we're at? By the examples that the Bible puts before us. And the main one is Abraham. Abraham was the main thing that God put before us to have uh, 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 a picture or a uh, or a shadow of what we should be like. The more that Abraham tried his faith, the stronger he became. If he didn't try his faith, he wouldn't came nowhere. Let's look at this here. Example of, uh, of Abraham, uh, Romans, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. It says, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, had found. If Abraham was justified by work, he would have nothing to He had wherefore glory, but not before God. What says the scriptures? Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. In other words, just because Abraham heard the word, if he didn't work according to what God said, then he hadn't did anything. But if he worked on his own trying to prove himself, he still didn't do nothing for God. 
but he did what God told him to do. And he had nothing to glorify, to glorify himself, but he obeyed God. And that's the main thing. We obey God, we'll receive the, the goodness of God. We'll see Jesus in action. We'll see how the angels operate. According like Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The more we read scriptures, the more we quote scriptures, the more we believe in the scriptures. You can't just quote them. You got to believe in those scriptures and that they will work for you. I ain't got to worry about working for anybody else. I got to work, work where they work for me. And if they work for me, then I can uh, start having faith for it to work for others. But if I don't have faith that's going to work for me, how can I have faith for others? It says, the fourth verse, and now unto him that worketh the reward is a reckon of grace but of debt. In other words, you're doing this for uh, a reason because you're trying to get paid for something. But if you don't do it for a reason and somebody just gives you something, that's called grace. But unto him that worketh not, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even David also described the blessedness of the man on whom God imputes righteousness without work, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquity is forgiven and whose sins is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about if you will forgive, so you got to let the Bible interpret itself. If you will forgive people, God will forgive you. And the more you forgive, the more power you have with God because he loves people who's a cheerful giver. And that just don't mean money. It means giving of their time, willing to do whatever it takes to help somebody else. Uh, I'm broke, and here you got a lot of money, and all you say is, God bless you and keep you, son, and maybe God will. Oh, give you something. No, my job is to help that person, to help the poor, especially the poor in spirit. What it means by poor in spirit don't mean poor in money. It means poor in understanding. I don't understand how God operates, but if I'm willing to believe God will operate in my life, that opens up a door for me. I like doors to be open. I like portals to be open, as they call them. Whatever God wants to give, that's what I want to receive. If God wants to give me hard time, I don't want it, but I'll receive it because it's God, because I know in eventually he will reward me. He rewards us for obedience, not if, if you started to try to do something and accomplish it, but only if you obeyed and completed. That's why when Samuel talked to, uh, to Saul, he told us obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offerings. Give unto God what is due him, his respect, his honor, and his belief. And when you do that, all, all kinds of things happen for you. Does it happen immediately? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. There's a time and a season for everything. There's a time you will be healed. Oh, Lord, don't know. I've been sick for a long time, but glory to God, I'll be all right now. I'm keep looking for healing. I don't care how long I've been sick. I would love to be healed. And I have seen healing so many times. I was blind in my right eye for over, uh, I guess, for a good five years. Now I got 20-20 vision. I had back problems in my back 
for over uh, 10 years. Now I have perfect power in my back. I had knee on knee, bone on bone, and the doctor said surgery, and I refused to. Went to a church, and this preacher named Terry Shellsworth. He seen me out in the audience, called me there in Kansas City, and prayed over me. And when he got through, he didn't really pray. All he just said, I see Jesus healing your knee. That's the prayer he gave me. <laughs> and after he got through, I've been able to move my knees ever since. And even though it's still so bone on bone, I have no problem with my knees. The only thing is my hip and the shortness on breath, and I believe God's going to heal me. And just like the man that had uh, leprosy, he said, Lord, you can heal me. You can heal me. And he said, yes. And he healed me. I will. It ain't always trying to muster up your faith. Sometimes it's just saying, Lord, you said it, I believe it. Now, will you do it for me? Be honest, as I told you. It's mostly uh, honesty out of your heart to get a miracle from God. You Pastor, got to we do in have room another and question. Pray. Okay. Pastor, it's episode seven oh two. Go ahead. Hey. So, all right. I had developed another question here, and okay, it's it's in regards to uh, how how you had brought up the FEMA camps, and I had mm-hmm. I had discovered that my own self and. Of course, I always try and um, take a little bit of a grain of salt with the conspiracy theory-esque things, but some things I feel are Mm -hmm. more than likely true. Uh, By Mm -hmm. the time all that's happening, um, are you thinking that'll be before or after um, the rapture? Or is okay. that something that the, the like, so that won't just be people that were, you know, I, I hate to say it, maybe left behind, but mm-hmm. the actual body, which is here uh, of the church in America, is going to have to go through that. And is that for everybody, or is there something that we prepared believers can do, um, our go, where we won't have to be subject to those camps? Or go ahead. Okay. Now, there's three teachings on that thing, but if we look at what we can see, and that is we know there are FEMA camps. All we had to do search any part of the Internet, it will show us there are FEMA camps. All we had to do is look and see if there's any, uh, what they got these uh, boxes that they're going to put these bodies into. Search the Internet and see if there's anything talked about uh, the the uh, axes and stuff are cutting out people's heads. And then look and see what we've seen so far. As you notice, overseas, a lot of people have been beheaded already. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. so it shows it's not going to just be in the United States. It's going to be everywhere. Now, the scriptures teaches that Israel is going to run to a place called Petra, and they'll be able to hold over a million people. And that's what they told the Jews, that if, you know, because everybody don't believe in the rapture. Not all Jews believe in it. But those that do believe, they're going to run to Petra, and they got food and water and everything stored up there. Well, the Bible teaches that Israel is our time clock. 
And whatever is going to happen to Israel will happen to us. So that's why I tell people to get food, water, and store things away because you never know what's going to happen. There's also supposed to be a day called the three days of darkness, and that's just a warning of getting ready to happen. I believe there is a rapture coming. I don't know if it's going to be pre, mid, or post. I really believe it's going to be mid myself that we're going to go through the first three and a half years of the uh, the wrath of uh, Satan on us, and then the last three and a half years is the wrath of God on us. And you don't want to be here. That's why He said, "I will hold you from the hour of temptation." So the best thing to do is why take chances? I'd have food, water, things I can pray over because the Bible says that uh, Jesus prayed over the food and it multiplied. And other prophets in the Bible, they prayed over food and it multiplied, like Elijah. So if they can pray over something in a time of trouble, I believe it will happen with us. So as far as the the conspiracy theory about the rapture and everything, yes, I believe in it. Yes, I believe the church should be teaching in it about it. And if they don't, there's going to be many, many souls that's going to be tricked. Many souls are going to die because they were not taught correctly. Well, thank you. Any more questions? Um, or did I answer that one correctly? Well, I don't know if, I, you know, I was kind of hoping I was saying to myself, well, maybe there's some place the Lord would reveal unto certain believers where we could hide in the countrysides mm-hmm. and places. Um, as you were speaking, a thought, co- mm-hmm. as you were speaking, a thought came to me uh, regarding the wall that they are mm-hmm. trying to get the funding for. And I don't know if either of you two had seen recently uh, Ted Cruz, you know, they, they uh, arrested El Chapo and they have over $14 billion and counting worth of assets and money seized from him. And they're working to get the right kind of prosecution where the government can just take all that. And Senator Ted Cruz, right, so has proposed that El Chapo pay for the wall because they only wanted $5 billion in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was thinking, I I can't imagine that the wall or some, you know, serious fortifications won't be made. And in these times of troubles, uh, that'll come upon the church, uh, you know. Now, I don't know about fleeing into Canada, but I'm, I'm sure a wall there would make it harder than it is now for Americans to go into Mexico, um, mm-hmm. you know, secretly at least. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know uh, <laughs> if that all kind of might tie in or not. Um, yes. Oh, and so I, I guess, haven't been keeping up on the news. I lost that on that part, but I will go right. search. Well, I just we found need... out about this yesterday, really. Um, mm-hmm. My my second part of this was I was thinking, um, when is a timetable, you think? Um, not that no man would know, but how, do you think we're close to if I wasn't right with the Lord right now or comfortably where I might think I could mm-hmm. go up to the, in the rapture, um, how much time do you think uh, a person would have to get themselves ready for God? 
Well, the scripture says today, and you hear my voice, harden not your heart as if they did in the day of provocation or the day of testing. Now, uh, there is a teaching that says if you go by the the, uh, Psalms, it will tell you certain things that's going to happen at a certain time. Just like uh, Psalms 48, it talks about that Israel become a nation. And what happened in 1948? Israel became a nation. And there are other teachings like that. There's others that just say uh, that God will give them, just like you asked if they're going to be able to, if the rapture come, will they be able to know where to go? Uh, Prophetess has said that when the time comes, that God will supernaturally talk to his people while they sleep at night, because he said in dreams and visions. And he will tell us where to run and where to hide. Because i got several friends of mine right now that are preachers. They have their own bunkers and everything else placed underground to where they can uh, be able to survive. And they would help another Christian, but they would not help an outsider. So that's why you're hoping that the Holy Spirit will be able to talk to them, as in the days of uh, Peter. And when uh, the... uh, uh, Peter and Ananias and all the rest of them, when they were able to hear from God. We can hear from God. We're just too busy to hear from God. Our thoughts are so clouded. Most of the time we don't hear from but God. But our God still speaks, and he still instructs us. So, yes, there will be a place to go. There will be a place that God will even give you supernatural vision, and you'll know how to get to a place. And he can supernaturally bend time. Now, what I mean by bending time is that you might be in one place and you need to go somewhere, and by taking a few steps, God will bend that time and you can supernaturally jump ahead. Let's say maybe you got a 500-mile journey, and you take maybe one-mile journey, and next thing you know where you were supposed to be 500 miles later is what happened. Just like with uh, what we just read tonight about uh, Philip, how he was in one place, and once he got through bat- baptizing the eunuch, he's supernaturally taken out and entered in another place. I believe what the Bible says is true, and it's going to happen again. Whatever he said happened before will happen a second time. And that's why I tell people, get ready, get ready, get ready. And stop with that uh, stuff always talking about money, money, money. But you better have faith to operate in the Word of God and not trying to depend on money, because money ain't not going to help you. It's God's word that's going to be the only thing that saves you. It's God's word is the only thing that's going to deliver you. Okay, you have any more questions? No, no, sir. That's uh, that's giving me a, a little bit to think on. I, I think I'm I'm good to go. Okay, I appreciate you calling in. People just don't know. I love people to call in. And it's a big help because if I don't know nothing, it makes me sharpen myself to learn more. So iron sharpens iron. And when you don't know something and you don't know you don't know it, you need somebody to ask you questions. And it'll make you search for those things. All right. Well, Dorothy, do you have anything? No, I was just thinking, you know, I've seen the stories about guillotines being in, in the States as well. And I think some some of us are going to have to be martyred. But my thought about mm-hmm. the guillotines is it's a nice, quick, sanitary way to go. 
You know, it's just one good lop. It cuts the brain stem, and that'd be mm-hmm. an easy way to go. But here's Not the so thing. much with the sword, but... but yeah, but here's the thing. If you're the last one to go, and you got to watch the others go, that's where the fear comes in. And that's True. what they're counting on. And by you watching other people's head cut off, and then all of a sudden it gets into your thoughts, and then you, they're hoping you would repent and say, I don't want to be a Christian no more. I want, I want the sign of the, the beast. I want to do whatever you tell me to do. And that's what they're counting on. Do you think those that would just second, waffle? Just second. My phone just just second. Okay. My phone went off just second here. Just second. Let's see if I can get it back on here. Okay. Let me see. I might have. Let me see. There. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Hello. Um, okay. Do you see? Now, I'm thinking Father is really going to be the one choosing who will be martyred. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think he would put a waffler in that situation? Or you think he would protect them by putting them in a hiding place? Uh, he like can't put them in a hiding place. Yeah. But not everybody will be put in a hiding place. Some things right. that we are, some people that are called out to be mortared. And that's what yep. God wants us to do. Jesus was called out before he was ever born to be mortared. The disciples, out of all 12 of them, uh, one was not mortared, and that was John, the one who wrote the book of Revelation. He, he died of natural death. The rest of them all were mortared. And so that's why I tell people it's better to be prepared than to be unprepared. Absolutely. I don't know. My phone is going dead. So that's what happened with my headset. It just went dead just now. Oh, okay. I'm about to let it go early tonight. And, uh, Looking forward to talking to you in another two weeks. I'll be in Kansas City unless unless the Lord makes another way for me to get back here to Florida. Because <laughs> I'm not one that likes riding around at night. And to all the people out there, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you shalom. And that you will practice what the word says. Not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. You want more power in your life? Practice, practice, practice. If you don't do nothing but pray for a little bird, like this one lady, she learned the word uh, chet, which means life in Hebrew. And she went home and found a dead bird in her yard, her and her daughter. And they said, well, let's pray over it and see what happens. And this bird had rigor mortis and everything. They started praying, and they said by the time they got to the third chet, the bird stood up, looked at them, and flew away. But as I say, it's all about practice because you're going to need to probably pray for a dead person one of these days. You never know. And God is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So, anyway, you have a blessed day. And I'm looking forward. I don't know if it's still on or not. Yes, you're still on. So, you have a blessed night. Enjoy your time with your family. 
and, and uh, we'll you see you in. We'll in see you weeks. next time. Yes. All right. God bless. Father bless everyone. Good night.